Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. I have a question talking about you know external factors. Um, when when this uh, when COVID happened, we saw a lot of horror stories that came out of it. There were hospital inflating the bills. and there were cases where hospitals also said that they won't cover any cashless treatment uh so for for the for the ins- for the insured it was a huge uh, out of pocket expense despite having an insurance policy so just just wanted to understand that you know there are these leakages and given the entire health ecosystem do you guys think how should the government or the regulator should have or should now look at health insurance in fact was a standard sorry was a disease specific covid uh, covid covered the answer to uh, you know such situation or should they have done things differently maybe uh, we can start uh, from mr rat uh, being a distributor what he thinks about uh, the industry so i before answering this question i would like to answer the previous question that the tia has actually asked on the external factors that uh, uh, that would uh, that would help in terms of growing this uh, industry so obviously there is a incentive that is paid by uh, by incentive tax incentive which is given to customers right now in terms of paying the premium and that should continue because that's that's a good step that government has actually taken the other fact that i wanted to make uh, everyone to understand a bit differently here is that uh, today in the connected world can we look at something which is a technology evolved information sharing methodology where the information is shared across the globe maybe a blockchain kind of technology where the information uh, the medical reports repositories are kept in that blockchain where insurance companies can pull out those informations for the underwriting and claims Uh, similarly uh, the behavioral aspect that the customer works for example using a smart device for for the wellness uh, wellness uh, things that the customer do all those data are are captured in that uh, in that in that globe and obviously that can be pulled out for doing your underwriting and arriving at a premium is something which is which wanted to think little differently than restricting our thoughts to only what regulator is coming uh, uh, perspective in terms of how they simplifying the exclusion clauses or maybe uh, maybe from underwriting the standpoint uh, there are there are risks which you have to underwrite so you have to we have to look from a different standpoint altogether from a consumer uh, thought process yeah so that's on one side um the other question uh, that i have towards uh, uh, in terms of uh, hospitals not uh, actually going and uh, going and accepting the claims and so on so for you to understand one thing that when this particular uh, pandemic came into india there were confusions across the mind of consumers whether pandemic is covered in the comprehensive health policy or not subsequently regulator clarified that yes pandemic is actually covered then there are further clarification that was uh, given uh, around the claim processing and so on so for this this were not clarified by the insurers uh, uh, to the customer had that there, there have been proactive measures been taken by the insurers to communicate the customers through the distributors or directly i think that would have helped the customers in lot in terms of taking up uh, uh, what steps to be required in terms of going uh, at the time of hospitalization okay but uh, any thoughts in terms of whether the regulator or the government should have looked at it differently in terms of you know 
fixing the uh, fi fixing the ecosystem or you know i mean that's one approach of uh, start of launching a covid health insurance but uh, we saw there were many companies who said we won't cover the ppe kit for example the those consumable won't be covered so regulator came up with a new product do you think that it could have been handled differently Yes, of course, it could have been handled very differently. Uh, one is communication to the customers that exactly I spoke about. The other fact is that should be clear representation, which one must have done by the insurer to the government in terms of how to take it forward. That's my that's my uh, that's my view. Other than that, obviously, it's 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 something which is I have a, I have a limitation in terms of a distributor to go ahead and influence out uh, in terms of why the claims are not paid. But yes, customers have gone through. these pain time uh, these pains uh, during during the covid uh, hospitalization okay what about you uh, what do you think mr datta you know uh, let's let's look at it in both ways you know while it has built awareness is also taught us a lot of things in terms of you know what uh, the recipe panelists have talked you know you know in, in handling complexity and making it simple for the customer it's an object uh, you know a kind of lesson in, in how we need to handle complexity and make it very simple for the customer and that's where i think uh, it of course it caught all of us by surprise and we kind of uh, in a sense reacted but if you really look at it you know uh, as a industry we have tried to do something on on this behalf you know apart from launching a covid specific policy something on the cost front uh, you know we've tried to you know come together this is the first time in the industry we came together as an industry and tried to publish a kind of a Um, uh, referral rate or a ready reckoner. We said that this is what we would like to pay the hospitals. This is what we would like to pay in terms of per day, per diem kind of prices uh, and what you know for COVID and all that. Of course, we've caveated with the fact that you know each state, you know each at every local levels, you know the government is coming out with a lot of uh, rates, uh, you know in terms of because it's an epidemic. They were trying to you know build in certain elements of uh, rate capping, if I would put that word. which would make sure that you know treatment is given to customers uh, both insured and uninsured at a certain rate so that you know uh, relief is provided you know for people who are not able you know not who want to access private care because it was not sufficient these were extraordinary times and we needed to react uh, so we had learned a lot from this particular process of course we could have handled it much easier if we really foresaw this but now i think we are wiser we are we i think it's given us huge amount of awareness or not awareness of the learnings and how to handle the complexity and move it forward that's one part also you know you know the whole real realization as pairs we have a lot of responsibility of uh, trying to fix things uh, which make it simple for the policy holder in terms of what we declared so called you know usual and customary rates which fluctuates a lot you know uh, amongst hospital to hospital our ability to be able to go and try to you know uh, reason with them and try to come out with some things which are reasonable because the whole attempt at reasonability is nothing to do with uh, you know just an individual policy holder we are all uh, holders of a you know fund which has to be sustainable our attempt was you know there's a lot of interaction with the providers that you know uh, you know covid you pay for covid claims non covid claims are not coming it was not about that it was about making it making sure that it's an extraordinary situation we have limited funds at our respond you know at our thing we may need to pay you no know, make sure that like everyone said you know we have to cover everyone pandemic you know there was a whole issue of who was covered not covered we went out ahead and in, as an industry launched a product for that we have limited funds so we need to needed to make sure that it is charged at at rates which are reasonable and finally at the end of the day uh, you know uh, we have to, you know uh, we have to make sure that uh, you know if the experience is good in this whole process only then will the customer have trust 
you know, if he's, it's going to feel that, you know, he's bought a product which has short staged him and the hospital experience was bad, you know, he, he was flung between us, the devil and deep sea as they call it, you know, then obviously it's not going to work. So this was an important learning. You know, thing it's my limited point is we've learned out of this. The pair industry has learned, the provider industry has learned. And that is where I think, you know, the talk about what Bhavdash should talking about, that we've started, you know, coming together much more strongly now. And, you know, we, we make sure that we, at least for some, some things like this, it is never repeated. We react very fast and we make sure, you know, uh, the process is, you know, well-driven in terms of what is going to be paid for and between us and the providers. So the customer is you know, very much aware. He's not left in the lurch, is what I thought. Of this this approach on. of standardization of rates has been around for a long time among insurers. Um, so just wanted to know, how was this any different than the attempt which all the insurers have been making for a long time to standardize rates of treatment across uh, different companies? Because I don't know, for many years I've been listening to it, making a depository or coming together and standardizing. So uh, how is this any different or will we see more insurers going forward and having this approach by GIC of standardizing the rates? Others would like to pick it you know, uh, personally, uh, you know, I personally feel this is, you know, this is one area where we've gotten together uh, as an industry. How much we achieve and how, you know, what areas we achieve, you know, the starting point is COVID. And I think it's an important starting point. And, you know, we could take this forward in terms of doing two things. It's not about standardizing everything in the healthcare space. There will be issues like cyber knife and all that which we talked about. You know, the whole idea is not to standard. We standardize things where there is where you know standardization can help in limiting things which are very very standard in nature consumables medical testing you know very you know things like pp cause why should there be variability around that you know testing you know the, you know charges all those things which can bring down the anxiety on the small small element but which will even leave a lot to be desired in the way it is you know kind of variable is where we live there will be variation around big charges and that's what it will and it will never get standardized to the extent possible but the small ones okay, is what I, we are attempting to learn. Uh, on, on the on the small ones, we get a lot of you know uh, you know agreement amongst us so that uh, the small charges, but a routine gets done every day. You know, gets you know, kind of routinely done. That's one part which is you know coming out from this level. Others can follow. Okay, and if I, if I can just sure. pitch in, uh, just pitch in in the sense, I have a much better report card for the insurance industry during COVID. Uh, part, partly because I'm part of the industry, but if you see uh, in terms of, uh, let's say, automobile manufacturers could shut down production or I bought a laptop, the service center doesn't service, you know, four times, four days a week. And I've taken a laptop to one and a half months, it's still not back. In insurance industry, during the pandemic, actually, we've been given tighter you know, deadlines to settle claims and industry responded even before that. Even after that, I said we are doing, let's say we're settling faster than during pre-COVID times. Secondly, in terms of the whole issue of uh, uh, initially, there were some issues with providers because a lot of providers wanted to charge much higher than what they agreed tariff because I said non-COVID patients weren't there. The treatment costs were dramatically different because of PPE kits, more nursing charges, less, you know, more shifts of staff and all that. But having said that, after the initial uh, phase, I think currently, you know, what we've seven seven thousand crores worth of claims, nearly five lakh claims have come in the industry, which is uh, not small by any stretch. Seven thousand, you know, five lakh claims is a lot for one, one pandemic, 
7,500 and average claims of nearly a lakh plus. So yes, there were some operational issues, but I think the way in the industry reacted subsequently, I would give it a reasonable good report card. We don't get good press, but you know the reality is during COVID, I think no insurer would have dropped service standards, uh, call center claim settlement times, any such thing. In fact, people started accepting digital claims, what on WhatsApp, which was the norm earlier. So generally, insurance industry does respond to a lot of these things. Uh, even before the regulator steps in, a lot of the regulatory interventions are actually industry suggested. For example, exclusion standardization was a work done by the insurance industry as part of CAFT committees. The health regulation 2013 or 16 was work done by you know the industry in various forums and given to the regulator, which got adopted into the. It's not as the regulator is beating us to fall on track. These are things voluntarily taken by the industry. Uh, engaging with multiple partners and that going back to the regulation per se. But having said that, the issue with hospitals will never go away. That's you know, the point you need to understand is, you know, it will become more complex to start with. But again, uh, you know, some of us regularly, weekly have calls with the hospital industry to deal with issues. I think the engagement will only get mature, uh, as, as Sanjay sir also said. The complexity isn't going to go away, except that the complexity will be absorbed by us and the hospitals, even the customer out of it. So that's the thing we need to achieve. Whatever arguments, complexity, negotiations, and all the things that have to be done, either have to be done with the provider, us, through technology, through new technology tools, and make it simple for the customer. He doesn't need to know, uh, except for the fact good has been done to him. Nothing bad has happened to him. You know, if you can create that environment, that will be an achievement. I, I said, I give a positive, uh, you know, my report card will be positive for the industry. I don't have such, uh, probably because I'm part of the industry, but I don't. Okay, we have about 10, 12 minutes left. So I have a very, uh, a, a question, which I think is very prominent and I get to hear a lot about it. Uh, often. Uh, we have seen health insurance premiums jump up between on an average 40 to 70, but uh, I've heard cases of 100% jump also. So just for the benefit of our viewers and consumers at large, just wanted to understand that, you know, is this largely because of rationalization of uh, policy wording, standardization of them, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the IRDA undertook exclusion standardization. So just wanted to understand, the jump that we saw is because of all these factors, or uh, was it something more? And uh, you know, I mean, yeah. So maybe, uh, Mr. Rudraraj, you can take that, and then we will we'll go to one of the next panelists. In terms of premiums going up, the unjustified increases are not uh, feasible because there's a regulatory control over pricing. So if I go back to the regulator and say I'm going to triple my price, uh, one that would not go through because you have to justify the price you're charging. So if you, as long as that works, no insurer will charge unreasonably or will make extraordinarily profit out of insurance. Uh, Sanjay sir earlier said, you know, loss ratios are 80% across the industry. So it's not as if uh, price increases are uh, too high. The underlying factors, as Dr. Bhavatosh earlier mentioned, 
introduction of technology, new treatments uh, would remain the major driver for increase in average claim size, and hence, you know, increase in premiums. The health inflation, you know, we hear it's twice of regular inflation. During COVID, it's been the uh, worst ever in my 20-year uh, career, but uh, ignoring this phase, the underlying increase in health costs will determine how much premiums increase. Also, in some cases, insurers, uh, the risk, uh, the strict risk selection they do or they don't do also affects the pool you're insuring. So if you have bad underwriting controls, uh, the pool will end up suffering by paying as a whole. So if you allow sick people to come in uh, without regulating or without adequately underwriting, so healthier guys also tend to pay more. So it's multiple factors, but the primary cost, I would assume, is the underlying healthcare costs increasing. And they've been increasing with uh, dramatic uh, level for the last few years. Cybernet you know, is one small, small example, but otherwise across board, uh, you see new technology treatments, uh, corporate hospitals aggregating. So that's the major reason because end of the day, we don't, as I said, uh, we are like we pay hospital bills and we keep a small margin. Uh, we don't, you know, it's not like the 20% loss ratio product or something. As industry, we pay out majority of the premium we get. And any increase is because of underlying cost increase. Of course, you can always quote an example of some insurer who's uh, priced the product wrongly and had to correct midway and things like those. But there's a regulatory control around pricing, which will ensure customer will never be overcharged. Yeah. So, Rajup, just to interrupt, uh, you know, um, you're right about that, that there is regulatory control and all of that. But from a customer lens, the price increase is very abrupt. And it can happen on two accounts. One is, of course, the medical inflation that you have to account for, claims ratio going south, all of that. The other is also about this premium band pricing, you know, where uh, the premiums are, there is an age band. So 30 to 35 is one premium, 36 to 40 is another. And then there is a jump of 20% between these two bands. So the hike could be on many levels. The problem really is transparency and how it's communicated to the customer. So I'm wearing the consumer lens and I'm saying that, is there a global comparison uh, that you can look at, which looks at some sort of a healthcare index or an inflation index and pegs the premium to, let's say, that index? Uh, are there any global practices outside and uh, can India adopt any of those? Um, Himanshu, you want to take this question? Well, see, uh, Dipti, let me, you know, uh, answer the question that uh, is this hike in premium of 40% or I haven't heard it so far, but then, uh, you know, what regulator has mandated all insurance companies, uh, premium revision on the rationalization of exclusions, it cannot go beyond 5% on certification basis. So, you know, but whatever uh, premium are being revised today, it is largely as, uh, you know, uh, Raja also mentioned that it is largely on account of uh, uh, the inflation in the health sector, which happens, which is close to about 10, 12 percent. I would I would uh, attribute uh, this hike in premium to the health inflation. And then there is a lot of innovation which is happening in the product. A lot of modern uh, surgeries are being covered. So, sure. you know, if, if coverage no, is expanding. Yeah, no, no. See, my question is more from a consumer lens. I'm saying that uh, this is happening at your end, right? It's happening at your pricing end where, where you're looking at modern technology, you're looking at inflation, you're looking, looking at your claims ratio, all of that. As a customer, when I get a renewal notice, which gives me a bump of 30 to 40 percent, 
um i begin to wonder why so my question really is is there a transparent index elsewhere in the world and can india adopt such practices or is there a different way of looking at pricing you know because from a customer customer standpoint i don't know why this 40% hike happened well i i do not have an exact information on that but let me tell you if you compare uh, the health insurance premium uh, what we charge in india as to globally you know we charge just about uh, 3.5 to 5% of the sum insured which i think is the cheapest in the world uh, if we compare it with uh, you know all uh, the world together but then i think uh, the health insurance scheme that we currently charge is 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 the lowest yes as you rightly pointed out then you know there are sometimes uh, a, a steep hike in uh, the premium because of the age band change uh, but that is that that age band pricing is also arrived at basis uh, you know the loss ratios that the insurance company has experienced over the years and as an insurance company we cannot go back to the regulator uh, we have an option to go back to the regulator every year but uh, traditionally what we've seen is you know insurance companies on an average revise their premium uh, just about 3 to 5 years on an average okay babadosh do you want to come in on this and like just in maybe 30 seconds uh, attempt an answer because we're running out of time we just have 5 minutes more uh, sure i think any any premium increase to the tune of 40 70% is a uh is a bad management of portfolio by the insurer and i don't have <clears throat> any other response to that because anything that warrants and having everybody said that there is a globally such indexes are not used as much you know we we in india did propose as an industry to use uh, let's say a certain markup on cpi uh, for an automatic adjustment yeah so so i i think it's not as much about using an index to correct an index to correct would be an annual but then there would be some guiding principles if my loss ratio is 50% even if there is an inflation every year of a 7% why would i need to correct my premium every year so it's not as simple as referring to an index and correcting it you know taking away the regulator's role the question you asked is about it from a consumer point of view 40 70% premium now the age band part is fairly explainable because that's 20 not even 20% a lot of times but it's an average extra but he's going to pay 20% extra for a fairly you know another age band as long as continues let's say or premium is not revised as long as that is there the fundamental issue is i think sharp premium increases and a customer's perception and impact on customer that's the point we are making any sharp increase in excess of 40 60% is a poor management of portfolio by the insurer you get to revise your premium only when your portfolio loss ratio is becoming something which is not sustainable and you can't make an, at least a little margin on that right <clears throat> either you have waited too long but even when you hit that threshold in an example let's say that threshold is let's say 65% just for example right but you are not going to correct it for the for the next 10 years if the inflation is 10 11% you are looking at a two year three year horizon you are going to correct it let's say 20 25% at the most right so 40 60% i think nothing but uh, insurer having not managed the portfolio well okay okay i will have to stop here because we are just uh, pretty much out of time but i have a very interesting question and i would like to end this discussion with that question uh, each one of you why don't you take us through your health insurance portfolio tell us what you have in your health insurance bucket and also your uh, quick handy tips in terms of building a cost effective health insurance you have a gamut of products from uh indemnity to floater to top ups to defined benefits critical illnesses 
you know how, what would you recommend a customer how should that customer go about stitching a health insurance portfolio so two questions here one is what's your health insurance portfolio like and what's your recommendation and i'm going to start with himanshu see uh, the first and foremost thing is start early in life uh, maybe as soon as uh, you start earning uh, because that's a time when you are in the pink of health and uh, uh you know coming specifically talking specifically about startup insurance so we have a wide range of products which is suitable for an individual for a family for a youngster who's planning to start a family even for a senior citizen uh you know which is considered to be neglected risk in the industry and we have a lot of uh, disease specific uh, products wherein uh a, a, a risk which is otherwise considered uh, to be you know not underwritten for example somebody who's on insulin or somebody who's undergone a bypass surgery we cover all of that so i think uh, uh and another important uh, part is that you know one must cover all the family members especially the parents because they they are more likely to need hospitalization and uh, there are quite a few products as i mentioned we have a specific product for senior citizens so that's my what portfolio like what's your health portfolio like what policies do you have if you don't mind sharing that is yeah like your personal one we would like to hear it from the horse's mouth okay so i i have uh, i have a, a, a comprehensive health insurance cover for my my family i have a separate cover for my parents and this is not uh, something which i get from my employer these are the policies that i have bought apart from that i have a critical illness and a personal accident cover this is on the gi side the, on the life side also i have a great mr rat you want to go next yeah very interesting one so uh, uh, i I'll, i'll talk about myself first what is that i have so uh i have gotten employer cover that has been provided to me that's there and simultaneously i have another cover that is there's a floater cover that i have my family for about 15 odd lakhs plus i have got a um, uh, a top up plan which is up to 25 lakhs so putting together top up and uh, a base cover i got about some uh, 40 odd lakhs of cover that i get plus i have got a hospital cash benefit that i have taken for myself in case there are leakages out uh during the claim processes because of exclusions on something just the benefit product is going to have helped in terms of getting generating that money for me to pay off those expenses and an overarching uh, critical illness cover that i have uh, for me to to substitute my income loss in case i'm critically unwell going forward tomorrow um see this question is very interesting uh, the so uh, what is that i could recommend in generic to uh, to consumers about health insurance is something which is i have bought it for myself honestly speaking and everyone would like to uh, go for that so one should have a base cover a normal basic minimum cover of 15 20 lakhs whatever uh, is required for them to buy plus a top up rather buying a huge amount of cover for a crore or a 75 lakhs of cover paying humongous amount of premium towards that doesn't make any sense right so that's one second is obviously should have hospital cash because exclusions will keep on coming at even if regulators have come and and given uh, cut cut the exclusions clauses to about 50% now even then there are exclusions that will apply and there will be leakages out right so the yeah. the benefit product is going to help uh, the consumers to actually have that plus an overarching critical illness benefit that has to be there in everyone's portfolio for sure when one takes one uh, uh, the cover which is a floater cover that i'm talking about ensure that you have a restoration benefit to that also 
because that will definitely help the family members in case i have exhausted the summer shot then obviously through restoration that summer shot can restore again to take it forward that's a recommendation i would uh, like to go for a generic one but if i go a little bit of specific if you allow me one more time to actually explain to you for an for 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 everyone in the panel right now i have one thing that 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 came to my mind and i keep on talking about that everyone has got covered covers that is provided by our employees right and one buys another policy over and above their employee keeping in mind that obviously if i going to retire this policy is going to work for me and simultaneously also if i want to change my job for example so within the change of job i have to have a cover that should continue for me right so so the concept that came to our mind and which we have co created in, in in dbs today is something which is a switch on switch off kind of float uh, top up plan so how the plan works very interesting is supposingly i am into employment right now and i decide to actually move out and take a sabbatical for about 6 months and during the sabbatical period i can switch on that particular uh, top up product to a full cover and when i join back the employment then obviously i can switch it off as a top up plan and have my employer cover as a base cover and top up to work on that that's something which is we have worked very closely with our insurance partners and we are offering that to customers what has to look from that standpoint what consumers are actually looking at and pitching the right product as per the need of the customer that's very crucial okay. so i i'm going to move to uh, rajagopal now uh, your recommendation and your uh, personal product portfolio uh, i'll start with the recommendation you know it's not what i say will not suit the industry uh, let's say the, the, the first product to advise somebody work who, who has regular employment and employer provides a cover actually is the topper uh, because the first rupee cover is more expensive and normally let's say a claim of 10 20000 you could pay out of pocket it's the big That's claims right. which are a problem if i were to recommend you know i recommend all my friends to actually take a reasonable top up with a deductible they can pay out of pocket let's say i can afford to pay 2 lakh rupees if there is a claim i generally say take a 2 lakh deductible and take the largest cover you can afford because it's those rare large value claims that will make your financials more than the 10000 rupee claim a claim for gastroenteritis is not going to hurt your finances you could have, uh, so i would say the first product if ever you know which i have uh, is is a top up so in case a large claim comes i'm protected okay if you're not what employed anywhere in if employer doesn't offer a cover or offers a cover which is very restrictive then the first product to buy the base cover to start with it depends on what your situation is but uh, you should take a large top up and as i said the largest top up you could afford to buy with a deductible large enough which you can afford to pay without financially uh, no suffering the consequences employer sure. and uh, cis disease specific some of these are generally complementary products they cannot be the primary products in your portfolio sure i would say primary should be either a top up or a indemnity thing indemnity okay. and for What's the you know? uh, i said i have a, I have a ea and apart uh, term insurance apart i have a top up product which with a deductible as i said i can afford to pay out of pocket or my wife also works so between us we have a large corporate cover and the top up is large enough for me to not worry about a reasonably large claim so if sure. i have if it's 50 lakh 70 lakh top up with a 2 3 lakh deductible you are reasonably uh, safe from large events of course indemnity products are the largest self employed because you don't have any other cover we'll move on to the next because we're running 
fashionably of time now babadosh very quickly your recommendation and your personal portfolio 30 seconds we should wrap this up quickly every industry goes through three phases first is distribution you don't need to have great products to achieve scale second comes the product led growth and third comes the brand led growth currently health insurance and insurance in general is between the you know distribution led growth and product led growth in that phase i wouldn't go to the recommendation of what to buy first of all buy we started with penetration being low so whatever you can buy buy a health insurance product first right and you look at whom to buy it from and which criteria you should consider whether payability factor settlement ratios brand trust etc is one part personally for me i have a indemnity which i think is large enough at 25 30 lakhs i have a top up and i have a term uh, life cover i don't okay. think i need more than that and i'm not going sure, to disclose my some insured on term life because that's perfectly fine <laughs> that's perfectly fine and we're going to end with sanjay now sanjay very quickly your recommendation and your uh, portfolio uh, you know i just wanted to quickly say that you know i would not repeat uh, you know uh, you know the kind of uh, recommendations which i think all the panelists have covered so i will just come to my personal wish list which i would place before the industry panelists here so i would like like to have three things you know as i go forward you know one is it's not about the product and as uh, in the long term i worry about you know every consumer should have be able to buy the product you know as he grows old uh, or as he runs out of income and so i i i i would like to you know ask for three things can you create a product uh, you know i i think i'm asking the regulator every one year a health savings account you know a lead product you know i think we need we need it in our country and it could be tax deductible and all something which allows me to plan my you know out of pocket payments my premiums you know going forward and all of that that's what i need for my you know uh, colleagues here the second one and uh, can i can you give me something where um, uh, you know something which came out in a country which didn't run but it was conceptually for a person as a consumer i would like a single premium where i you know I've covered for 10 years or something like that long term kind of thing again a regulatory issue it was called bhavishya arogya for example but from a consumer point of view it's very complex at the back end i know so i lot of so i'm just talking as a consumer i would like to have a product where i'm able to pay ahead you know i'm going to retire or i'm going to do something you know can i just pay for you know 10 years of coverage you know and the third thing is uh, something which uh, i worry about but uh, that's something which while critical illness does take care of some part of it but the point is that we don't have any you know, we are not planning for a long term care kind of product or anything like that it's a very difficult one as you know but uh, you know we need support you know on you know there's a lot of expenses on healthcare which comes you know will come through the home home front you know where you are a chronic patient you are a chronic guy you know a body like or you know you would need care you know on a long term basis so some products to be able to pay for that you know which is a chronic deed for a, you know customer it doesn't get paid for in your normal regular you know these are three things sure. i just putting as a wish list you know before the you know the, sure. the just to be different from what, uh, you know the whole idea of a health savings is quite interesting but we don't have time to sort of discuss that out further i'm going to end the panel discussion here thank you so much for such an engaging conversation lots of insights and i think for for our customers as for our viewers there's a clear cut takeaway which is uh, buy an indemnity product with a huge super top up cover that's the most cost effective way of uh, buying health insurance and then of course look at your uh, additional defined benefit policies like your critical illness plans etc thanks a lot panelists thank, thank, you. You. thank you thank you thank you
This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.